I'm Hannah Trump, and this is Hypocritical, a podcast from Powbox where we discuss security, technology, and compliance news with healthcare industry leaders. and HIPAA fines are everywhere in healthcare. If your organization isn't proactive about protecting protected health information, you are only tempting fate. When it comes to a data breach, everything from employee training to how long it takes an organization to notify the HHS is essential. Every month, we publish a report that analyzes the HIPAA breaches affecting more than 500 people that are reported to the HHS. Under the High Tech Act, the HHS secretary is required to post these breaches to the breach notification portal publicly, or what most people in the industry call the HHS wall of shame. Asia Anderson, Pellbox Customer Success Manager, joins me again today to discuss the latest report, trends she's observed over the last month, and the ongoing fight against bad actors in healthcare. Asia, thank you so much for joining me again on this episode of Hypocritical. Let's go ahead and dive right into last month's report. Can you give us a review of the information? Yeah. Um, thanks for having me once again. Um, no surprise. Very often I say this, I'm going to say it again. Um, network servers uh, were the vector that we saw the most folks affected. But um, slightly surprising, this month um, we did see the most incidences of data breaches happening with email. Uh, yeah, I saw that too, that people who were affected via network server was actually just really one big incident that I think was almost like 1.5 million people. But there were a ton of email breaches, which just goes to show you email security is still a problem in our industry. Definitely. And those incidences um, were mainly about credential harvesting. Mm-hmm. So those are you know, phishing attacks where somebody um, writes to you and says, um, hey, your password needs to be updated. And it looks like it's coming from Microsoft or um, you know, Amazon or something like that. And actually, it's fake. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, watch out for those. Um, that's actually been... It's, it's been something that we've seen a lot more of um, over the summer and into the fall. And there's two types that I'm seeing. One is the um, like the fake credential update that mm-hmm. you're prompted to do. And then the other one looks like an invoice that you're being sent from Amazon or from Norton Security that's saying, um, you know, hey, thanks for your purchase of you know X amount. If you think this is an error, no worries. Just give us a call and give us your credit card information. And, and we'll tell you it's not an error and then your social yes. social security number and uh, yep. no, it, it really goes to show and when I was reading um, when I was putting together the HIPAA breach report I noticed that email hit was with 11 different dental alliances or dental mm-hmm. associations which is amazing to me that they that the bad actors saw a way in for one and then did the same thing like 11 times over and they all fell for it yeah yeah it's really too bad I did note, I was I looked at a couple of different sources on this and they said that they didn't access electronic records, but there was PHI actually in those emails. And ultimately the total impact is unknown. Um, you know, they're reporting in the hundreds of thousands, but they they can't actually say how many people yet. You know, there's kind of like a trailing effect. They've offered credit and identity theft monitoring for the next two years. So they're clearly expecting there to be some fallout from this kind of indefinitely. Um, and I did see that there's a there's a class action investigation that's been opened into this. As there should be. I wonder what kind of email system they were using. I bet it was portal-based. <laughs> um, you know, I was trying to look up that domain and there's so many like there's so many different professional dental alliances like in different states like I couldn't find a master domain I'd be willing to bet it was Microsoft though because I did check for um 
UMass Memorial Healthcare, that was the, the biggest single email breach, and also the Eskenazi Health, which was the largest network server breach. Both of those organizations are using Microsoft. Um, and as we know, Microsoft is the place that you know most of the attacks are happening. So I'd, I'd be willing to bet that uh, PDA is also Microsoft. Please turn on your two-factor authentication. This is our first mention of two-factor authentication this episode, especially if you're a Microsoft user. Go to our blog and figure out how to do it. Um, I want to jump into other things that you've seen over the last month. Have you seen any interesting articles or data breaches that you'd like to share? Yeah, so you know that I love um, the health IT security newsletter. And the, the one thing that I noticed you know, since the last time we talked was that the same threat actor that was involved in a solar winds attack, I believe it's pronounced Nobelium. Um, feel free to correct me if that's not right. Um, they have been exploiting the EWS account impersonation. So that's embedded web server. That's a um, something that's offered through Microsoft and the Exchange. And it's what you can use to impersonate a user and gain access to their email accounts for completely legitimate reasons. Um, you know, maybe you're in HR and you're setting up, um, you know, an out of office for somebody that forgot to do it. Uh, maybe you're a PA that's doing something for your boss. Completely legitimate, but um, Nobelium has found a way to, um, you know, use that in addition to going after um, cloud service providers who are resellers of Microsoft. In this article, I read that uh, Microsoft is saying that 609 customers have experienced over 22,000 attempted attacks since July. Yeah, so it's not new, um, the idea of using the embedded web server. I think that was first reported in 2016. Um, but basically, it's just showing you that there's there's a way for people to get into your system by exploiting um, something that you might not even think twice about using. Uh, and they are, they've turned it to their own advantage there. Uh, we get to talk about my favorite topic again, which is ransomware. Uh, I recently read an article about how ransomware is now a billion-dollar industry, which is of no surprise. More people are online, so that obviously means there's going to be more attacks. What can you tell us about ransomware? Um, well, first of all, I obviously picked the wrong major in college because uh, <laughs> you noted um, completely accurately that you know more people are online, so there are more attacks. It is profitable to go after um, unsecured networks. Um, and until collective security is improved, uh, improved, excuse me, um, until there are more or really any risks to these threat actors and until the ROI is decreased, we're just going to keep seeing this trend up. Um, I was reading that you know, people are people are enthusiastic and hopeful about policy at the national level, but it's going to take time to actually see those benefits. And healthcare needed a solution, you know, yesterday. So, and as long as people can make money, they're going to keep doing it. And as long as your systems are not secure, you're you're at risk. Um, so, we've already mentioned uh, two-factor authentication once. We're going to say it again. Probably this the single most effective way that you can help secure your your infrastructure, particularly during this, this time of remote work. Definitely. We're only becoming more tech dependent. Like we said earlier, there's only more people who are going to be online. And educating ourselves is so important, but also is arming ourselves with the correct tools. Uh, a couple of my guests have said, both Hector Rodriguez and Sue Bajaj have said, you know, employees know what they're supposed to be doing, but they just don't understand why it's important for them to care. It's all fun and games until somebody's buying one-way ticket to Russia on your credit card. Employees should care because... They could be just as much at risk themselves as as the company. And let's say that 
um, your company does experience a uh, a cyber attack, let's say you're working for a hospital, um, it costs upwards of 9.23 million per incident on average when a data breach happens, when a ransomware attack happens, that could put your company under. Oh, exactly. Not a job anymore. Preventing so. data breaches is critical for business. You have to figure out Definitely. what your attack surface is, what those assets are, who can see those assets, where those assets are vulnerable. And you and I always talk about this. Adopt a zero trust approach. Just, Absolutely. Just don't trust anyone or anything. It's 2021. You have no idea what is safe and what's not safe on the internet. The call is coming from inside the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's coming yeah. from inside the closet a la Scream from 1990. Yes, and it, it's your router. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like what um, NIST, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, says about this. They say, zero trust is a cybersecurity paradigm focused on resource protection and the premise that trust is never granted implicitly and must be continually evaluated. And so there's two things that are important there. One, you're not, you're not trusting anything implicitly. Um, and two, you have to constantly reevaluate because just putting a zero trust framework into place doesn't mean that you're not going to get attacked or that if somebody attacks you, that they might not get through. Um, there are so many different levels of protection that you have to add to be able to make sure um, that, that you really are safe. And so when we, we talk about zero trust and when we talk about multi-factor authentication, even if um, you know SPF checks out, DKIM checks out, DMARC checks out, we still don't implicitly trust that email is, is, uh, is safe. When you get an email that is inviting you to check out an invoice, you know, maybe you have to download or um, to change your password, and it's coming from a source that you'd normally think, oh, yeah, this is fine. I have an account with them. Um, I don't remember requesting this, but um, this looks legit. You <laughs> Zero trust means you don't trust that. Mm -hmm. um, I nearly fell for something um, like this the other day where I made a purchase um, in a store. And then within, I don't know, um, three or four minutes of making that purchase, I got a text message on my phone telling me that um, my bank account had been compromised. And I like I start going to call my bank. And then I look at it again and I'm like, wait, I don't have an account with that bank. With Bank of America. I don't use Bank I of America. <laughs> I mean, I did at one point, but I haven't had an account with them in ages. And I, I nearly fell for that. Like, It's so interesting <laughs> you say that that happened because that also happened to me, but I just deleted it. I literally deleted it and was like, wow, what a fate, what a terrible attempt at fishing someone. <laughs> yep. See, well, I wasn't, I had just made a purchase. I mean, I don't know that they know that, but it was about, it was about the the context, you know, the scenario. Oh so yeah, let's for sure. Say, I was on my yeah. couch. Of course I knew yeah. it was fake. <laughs> you know? So you, you felt pretty good about the fact that you had yes. well, First of all, I don't have Bank of America, but second of all, mm -hmm. I was on my couch. Like I knew that I wasn't purchasing anything. Yeah. Well, and it's just like, um, the like the Norton uh, invoice that I mentioned earlier, we had a customer report one of those, and I ran through all of the normal checks that we do. Um, you know, we look for malicious links, we look for um, like aberrations in the way that words are spelled. For instance, you'll notice if you've gotten one of these or if you receive one, Norton the um, the O is it's actually a zero. A zero. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there are little tells like that where you can see that something isn't actually legit. And the internet is always on. Cybersecurity risks are always there. If you're not forking over the money for cybersecurity, why not? Like it, it is so, like I get it, it's expensive month to month, but you know what's also really expensive? A $2 million fine from the HHS yeah. and all of these people who are going to sue you because of one rogue email and then their social security numbers are out there for all of the dark web. Exactly. Exactly. And when, you know, when you ask the question, why should employees care about it? It's not just about your personal safety. It's not even about, um, you know, maybe the, the your company goes under because they have to pay out this fine. Um, but I, I think that we all have a responsibility to help keep the internet a safe place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, we need this level of connectedness to be able to do our jobs, um, to, to save people's lives, you know, to keep things running in a way where everybody is benefiting. And so it's everybody's personal responsibility to make sure that connecting to this, um, you know, this resource that can make us money or, or steal it from us um, is, is done with security in mind. Um, and that's, I mean, it's everything that we've told you all for the last, you know, five months. Well, I was also going to say this leads us right up into your cybersecurity tip for this month. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, so I read a survey that said 64% of hospital IT teams um, admit to being unprotected against some of the most common cybersecurity vulnerabilities. And I was thinking... Makes um, me cringe. Yeah, it makes my whole body um, just go in goosebumps. Um, (laughs) I was thinking that... uh, even though in, in the healthcare sector, a lot of folks are obviously in the um, in the environments where they're providing services, there's still lots of people who are working at home, um, people working in billing and HR mm-hmm. and accounting, all of that stuff. Typically, um, and hopefully, you have been given a device on which to do that work. If you haven't, ask for it because one of the one of the simplest things you can do is separate your devices. Don't use your work device for anything personal and vice versa. You know, I don't even like check my cell phone bill on my work computer because I want to make sure I keep, you know, work stuff safe and protected and my personal stuff safe and protected. And one of the simplest ways to do that is to not combine, um, you know, your personal and your work stuff. And it takes a little bit of an extra effort with so many people working from home. Mm -hmm. You know, when I mentioned earlier that, Nobelium, hope I'm saying that correctly, uh, is going after cloud service providers. The reason that they're doing that is because, you know, one with one attack, they can access so many other businesses and accounts as opposed to going after, you know, one business at a time. Um, so think about, you know, if you have your your Google account for your personal um, email connected to your work account and your work uh, computer gets hacked. You've already given them the keys to your personal email. Kingdom, yeah. You have everything. Yeah, to the kingdom, exactly. Well, Asia, thank you so much for joining me again today. And I will see you in a month. Absolutely. Stay safe. about the Palbox HIPAA breach report or to see any of the data that Asia and I mentioned in this episode, please visit palbox.com slash blog. To join our next Zoom social mixer on November 18th, email me at hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H at palbox.com and I will get you registered. Attendees bring years of experience and advice from selling cybersecurity to senior management to how one Palbox customer has seen a 30% increase in email responses because of Palbox. When you join our Zoom social mixer, we'll send you a complimentary beverage to your door that day. Thank you.
Put it on your calendar. Powbox Secure is this March 23rd and 24th at the Park MGM in Las Vegas. Head to powboxsecure.com for more information, including hotel booking and speakers. You can listen to every episode of Hypocritical on powbox.com or subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Hypocritical. I'm your host, Hannah Trump, signing off.